You know what I wish we still used? Epithets. They're one of the few things I wish we still had kept around from the past. If you don't know what an epithet is, I don't blame you. Frankly, I don't even know how I know what they are. It was just rattling around my brain until I thought an episode about weird epithets would be funny. But what are they? Uh, oh, right, all right. Uh, an, an epithet is defined by Google as an adjective or descriptive phrase expressing a quality characteristic of the person or thing mentioned. So there's that, but in terms of historical figures, they basically just kind of act like a, like a title, I guess. Or an add-on to your name. For instance, let's take someone you're probably familiar with, Alexander the Great. The, the great part of his name is the epithet. I mean, we don't even use his surname, we just act like his last name is the great. I mean, I, I guess you could also call it their byname or a nickname instead of an epithet or whatever, but the point is, there are a lot of people throughout history who have gained an epithet. The more famous ones, of course, were all just lazy and used the great. Like the as-for-mentioned Alexander the Great. But there's also Frederick the Great, Catherine the Great, Charlemagne, also known as Charles the Great, Pompey the Great, Ivan the Great, and so on and so forth. Sometimes they like to mix it up a bit with names like Suleiman the Magnificent. But at the end of the day, that's basically just the same as the great. But beneath all the boring and uninteresting epithets are a metric ton of fun and weird ones. So I figured, why not do a two-parter episode? One for the people who were exceptional, and one for the people who were either terrible or had a weird quirk about them. This week we will do the latter, so if you want to hear about people with the cool epithets like Richard of Lionheart or Genghis Khan, which means universal ruler, come back to listen to next week's episode. But today, we're going to look at the weirdest and worst names ever bestowed upon people in history. So, call me Nicholas the History Nerd as we dive into the many epithets of the past on this week's episode of Historical Hijinks. Alright, so basically how this will work is that I will tell you about a historical figure with a strange epithet, and then I explain why or and or how they got it. And then we move on to the next one. Okay? So let's start off with what my epithet would probably be. Helfton, the bad entertainer. He apparently gave his soldiers quite a hefty paycheck, but didn't offer them much in the ways of food or entertainment. It's kind of like how employees will ask for a raise, but then the boss says, Okay, you can have a raise, but I'll need to offset the balance by getting rid of the vending machine and throwing away the foosball table in the break room. So, so yeah, bad entertainer. Now let's move on to an epithet given to someone for their brutal reputation. A name fit for a man so cruel, he was the inspiration behind Count Dracula, the vampire. I am of course referring to Vlad Dracula, or Vlad Tepish if you're speaking Romanian where he's from. His epithet meant son of Dracul, because his father was part of the Order of the Dragon, which was a military force created by the Holy Roman Emperor to fight the Ottomans, and not the name of a secret organization within a bootleg Harry Potter book. And because Dracul is derived from Draco, the Latin word for dragon, the name Dracula means son of a dragon, which is just awesome, and it makes the vampire Dracula even more terrifying. I mean, like, Dracula himself? Already scary. He's the vampire lord. He's like quintessential creepy Halloween. Now imagine Dracula, 
being the son of a dragon. Now that's terrifying. Also, Vlad had another name given to him due to how he treated his enemies, uh, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason Bram Stoker chose this guy to base uh, his vampire off of. And I am also now just realizing that uh, killing vampires with a stake to the heart thing is a reference to Vlad. Hmm. Well, that got dark. So I will go with a much more lighthearted one next. So allow me to tell you about Roland the Farter. He lived in 12th century England, and he was a jester for King Henry II. Roland was apparently the greatest comedian of his time, because every year, King Henry would hold a Christmas banquet for all the royals and nobles throughout England and even from abroad. And every year, Roland would perform his famous one-jump-one-whistle-and-a-fart act. Which King Henry II loved so much, he gave Roland 30 acres of land. You can't make the stuff up, folks. And speaking of England, remember William the Conqueror? The guy I briefly mentioned in the last episode? Well, he got the nickname The Conqueror for invading Britain and became the first Norman King of England. And all of this led to the England we know and were colonized by today. But I'll talk about his triumphs next week because this episode is about the epithets that didn't come from glory. Because before he was William the Conqueror, he was William the Illegitimate Child. He, he actually wasn't called that, but I don't want to say the actual word, because uh, I'm still new to this, and I don't know what I can say while still being a family-friendly podcast, so you can probably fill in the blanks on your own if you want. Anyway, this was because William was born the Illegitimate Child of his father, the Duke of Normandy, who had an affair with the daughter of the local tanner who is the person who makes leather. Hence the name. And I, I always like to think that the only reason William invaded England wasn't out of a sense of glory or birthright, but because he just wanted to change his name from William the Illegitimate Child. And seeing how we call him the Conqueror now, I'd say he succeeded. Next up is Evilo the Cabbage. He was a Bulgarian farmer who led a revolt and proclaimed himself emperor in 1278. And the cabbage part is a reference to his past as a farmer. And unfortunately though, he was deposed and assassinated a year later, to which I'm sure all of his supporters dropped out their knees and went, MY CABBAGES! Then we have Sancho the Caped, a Portuguese king from the 1200s, who got this name because when he was a boy, he wore a cape around wherever he went. He, he kind of was like Linus, you know, with a little blanket, but it was just like a little cape. Like, he would just, like those kids who just wear a cape and, you know, they don't want to take it off to wash it or everything. Yeah, he just, he just wore it wherever he went. And I think it's kind of funny that that's what he's remembered for. Like, oh, yes, this king. How shall we remember him? Because of uh, his conquests, his tax reforms. Well, he wore a cape as a child. Let's remember him that way. I don't know. I just find that funny. Then there is late 10th century French King Louis the Good-for-Nothing. He was called this because he ruled for one year, 987, and then he died with no heir. He didn't even do much during his time as king anyway, hence the good-for-nothing title, because, you know, he didn't do anything. Now let's look at Ivan the Terrible, the grandson of Ivan the Great, and I presume the son of Ivan the Mediocre. Ivan the Terrible became the first Russian Tsar in 1547. And, well, he... He was... He was pretty terrible, to be honest. He he waged a lot of war, 
took land from his people, and was, uh, he was, uh, he was kind of insane. Yeah, he, he killed a lot of people, and, and was not a good leader. Hence his name, Ivan the Terrible. Next up is 9th century Count of Barcelona, Wilfred the Hairy. This one is obvious, the dude had a lot of hair. But apparently, he wasn't just your average hairy man, because descriptions from the time say that he was just completely covered in it like a walking carpet. And there's even a sculpture of him on the side of the Cathedral of Barcelona, and let me say, looking at it, the guy looks like Bigfoot. Also, total props to whoever made that statue. I don't know if you made Wilfred look even hairier for artistic purposes or what, but you made a statue that lasted for over a thousand years. I mean, anything I make definitely won't last that long. I mean, let's be honest, we both know this podcast has like a couple years tops before it's just wiped off the face of this earth. Moving on, we have Harold the Bluetooth. This Viking was the king of Denmark and Norway from 958 to 986. And he was able to rule both with ease because he was able to wirelessly connect to the nobles' devices in order to listen in on what they were saying, and even use his ability to spy on his enemies. And nah, I'm just kidding. He presumably just had a messed up tooth that looked blue. But the modern day Bluetooth is named after him, and the logo is even his initials from a runic alphabet the Vikings used. Just a little interesting thing. And finally, we have Commodore the Accursed. He was the 6th century ruler of Brittany, which is a region of France. He had a very bad temper, and most of the time when he lost his cool, he would become quite violent. This eventually became so bad that the people of Brittany thought he was a werewolf. Now, I'm not the only person who wants to, who wants Vlad Dracula to fight Commodore the Accursed, am I? Come on. It's like, it's right there. It's perfect Hollywood. Make the movie. What's that? They already made a Dracula vs. the Wolfman? Well, reboot it! Well, those were all the bad epithets throughout our history. Come back next week for part 2 where we look at the good epithets and all the amazing things that those people accomplished. Anyway, that's about all the time I have for, uh, for today. If you want to send a suggestion for an episode topic or just say hi, you can reach me with the Twitters at at hijinks, or you can email me with uh, at historical hijinks podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Nicholas Fowler, and this has been one for the history books. <laughs>